0: Heavenly Father, we beseech thee. I kneel before you as a member of this age-old craft, praying to you for guidance as I am on a journey. A journey for more light, but more especially light that has been lost, forgotten, We're hidden among the ages gone by, the light that connects us with our very meaning and informs us of our purpose. Light locked deep within our past, beyond lips that no longer speak, and paths forgotten, no longer traveled. Aid me in my pursuit, Lord, for historical light.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Historical Light, an independent Masonic show focused
0: on the historical events and aspects within Freemasonry. As always, I'm your host, Brother Alex Powers, and I want to thank you for tuning in once again. Today is episode number 22, and it's New Year's Day. So today is the very first episode on the very first day of 2018. So thank you guys for tuning in with us, and let's start the show off like we always do by jumping over to our friends at MasonryToday.com see just what happened in Masonic history today. Today in Masonic history, John Edgar Hoover is born in 1895. More commonly referred to as J. Edgar Hoover, he was an American attorney and director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, also known as the FBI. Hoover was born in Washington, D.C., but for some reason no birth certificate was ever filed for his birth until 1938 when he was 43 years old. As a young man, Hoover was a member of his school's choir, participated in the Reserve Officers' Training Corps, known as the ROTC, and was a member of his school's debate team. Hoover school's newspaper hailed him for his cool, relentless logic during debates. On two key issues of the time, it was said that Hoover argued against women receiving the right to vote and the abolition of the death penalty. In 1917, Hoover received an LLM, Master of Law, degree from the George Washington University Law School. After graduating, he was quickly hired by the Justice Department to work in the War Emergency Division, quickly became the head of the division's Alien Enemy Bureau, This Bureau was responsible for finding and arresting disloyal foreigners living within the United States. Individuals taken into custody were put into jail without trial. The Alien Enemy Bureau arrested 98 individuals and declared more than 1,000 others arrestable. In 1919, Hoover became the head of the Bureau of Investigations, which was the predecessor of the FBI, their new General Intelligence Division. This division was also called the Radical Division because it was the task of the division to find radical elements within the American society and monitor and disrupt their activities. Around this time, America was experiencing the first Red Scare. Hoover participated in the Palmer Raids. Uh, The Palmer Raids went on for about a year, and they were named after the Attorney General at the time, A. Mitchell Palmer. Raids sought out four nationals in the United States who were considered radical leftists and anarchists so they could be deported. The raids lasted about a year until the Labor Department, who was responsible for the deportations, did not agree with Palmer's tactics and put them to an end. In 1921, Hoover was made the deputy head of the Bureau of Investigation, BOI, which would be named the director of the BOI in just three years later when uh, when the previous director was believed to have been involved in a scandal. During Hoover's time as director of the BOI and, after 1935, the FBI, he focused largely on what he termed subverse elements in the United States. These included civil rights organizations, organizations related to the women's rights and any group looking to make political changes in the US. In 1956, his efforts would receive a code name in the FBI called the COINTELPRO, or Counterintelligence Intelligence Program. COINTELPRO conducted a variety of operations after its creation and some even before its official start that were questionable or even plainly illegal, all of which Hoover claimed were in the best interest of our national security. Until 1957, Hoover denied that any organized crime actually existed in the United States and refused to apply FBI resources in any pursuit of it. This changed when the Appalachian meeting, a historic summit of the American Mafia happened and pictures appeared on the front page of newspapers across the country. Also during Hoover's time when the FBI, or with the FBI, he was credited with the building FBI into a large crime-fighting agency, modernizing police technologies, centralizing the fingerprint files, and forensic laboratories. Hoover was raised as a Master Mason on November 9, 1920 in Federal Lodge Number no. 1, Washington, D.C. He would be a dedicated Mason and receive a variety of honors from the fraternity. In 1955, he became a 33rd degree Mason by the ancient accepted Scottish Rite, Southern Masonic jurisdiction of the United States. He would also receive the Grand Cross of Honor from them. A room in the house of the temple contains dedicated information uh, such as personal papers and records all from J. Edgar Hoover. All right. Well, thank you to our friends over at masonrytoday.com for another great article. Definitely check them out at their website if you haven't done so yet. And find them on social media to subscribe and keep up with their great articles they put out on a daily basis. Uh, If you love Masonic history as much as I do, that is a great source to get it on a daily basis of fresh material. So definitely check them out. I think you'll enjoy it. Now, today's episode is brought to you in part by viewers like you. So if you like what we do here, want to see us continue and grow over time, you yourself can support the show. Go to our website, historicallight.com, click on the support us tab up in the main menu bar, and you can give to the show on a one-time or reoccurring basis, safely and securely through the means of PayPal. Uh, We definitely appreciate everything you're willing to give the show. And that money goes directly into the show uh, to pay for our website hosting, audio podcast hosting, uh, equipment upkeep, and so forth. Um, Another thing we're doing is if you notice on our website, we have a shop link, we have t-shirts and pins available, um, and we also have a antique section. So if you have anything laying around the house that is collecting dust that you are willing to let go of, old Masonic lapel pins or knickknacks and stuff, uh, you'd be willing to donate those to the show We'll post those for sale on the website and proceeds from those will go directly back into the website or back into the show's fund to help keep the lights on as well so if you got something laying around definitely uh, take a look and consider it Uh, we would appreciate anything and all that you're willing to offer all right well it is new year's day january 1st 2018 first day of the year and first day the new season of historical light so Thank you again for tuning in today and uh, coming back to Historical Light. We appreciate you being here. Now, we don't have an interview lined up for today. Um, We will have one next episode. I wanted to take this first uh, episode of the year uh, to actually recap on a very important event to me. um, And that is the fact that I was installed recently as Worshipful Master of my lodge, Gardner Lodge Number 65. So those of you that are subscribed to the social media feeds and uh, everything, you probably heard about this event. If you hadn't, that means you weren't subscribed. So definitely go subscribe to social media, um, subscribe to uh, YouTube, of course, and uh, make sure you keep up with us that way. But I wanted to take today to kind of recap over this event because it really meant a lot to me. Um, It was a great experience. So we're actually going to put some video feeds in here and have me talking in the background and kind of run through all the cool points of this installation ceremony and uh, why it meant so much. So let's uh, take a look. All right, so first off, as we're starting the video here, I got to give a huge thank you uh, to our current Grandmaster of Kansas, most worshipful Cole Presley. Um, he actually granted special permission for us to do this live stream of this installation.
2: Brothers, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to begin the installation ceremony. Gardener Lodge. I would ask before we begin, you turn your cell phones to silence, please, so we not be interrupted. For time, for
0: the marshal. So it's a huge honor here. Uh, obviously, we all got conducted in with our ladies. Uh, we made wanted to make that a huge point. Um, my daughters, you'll see, break off, and they actually presented the Holy Bible and square compass. So my oldest daughter was carrying the Holy Bible, you and my you youngest you daughter uh, carrying you the
1: compasses. Escort the
2: officers elected and appointed into the lodge,
0: and then that is uh, my father-in-law Angelo Mino, That's actually uh, acting as our installing marshal. and I got to give huge props um my oldest daughter Savannah there um you'll see her kind of jump back and forth but she was actually making the camera the entire time so we're using the same webcam here that I used to record the show uh put it on a tripod and she was actually over there responsible for moving it back and forth and making sure the the camera's aimed where it needed to be
2: Our national ensign, Colors of Kansas, will now be presented by the Civil Air Patrol of New Century.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we have the detail of cadets from the Civil Air Patrol New Century Airport Unit. Pose the call.
0: You'll see here, we actually uh, were honored to have our local uh, C- Civil Air Patrol, apologies, uh, the local Civil Air Patrol unit came and uh, posted the colors um, for our installation ceremony. Uh, they did this for us last year as well. And it just, it really adds a layer to the ceremony, uh, makes it very special. So we definitely appreciate you guys coming out and uh, doing this for us and keeping that that bond we've grown together as two organizations.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem will be led by Savannah Powers. She's asked.
3: And
0: then again, jumping back and forth from the camera, my my oldest daughter, Savannah, actually uh, takes lead here, and she leads the uh, the group in the city of the national anthem. Can you see, by the dark,
2: as it's one of its last being, whose cross stripes and bright stars
1: through the heaven of the sky, for the ramparts we walk, and
2: we spring
3: from his
2: red the one's mercy
1: to the night I was still there save oh,
3: say as the heart's And The <speaking in>
2: And And now the pledge of allegiance to the greatest national ensign ever waved over land, sea, or outer space. I pledge allegiance to the flag
3: of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, with liberty and justice for all.
0: So the installing master uh, for this year 's ceremony, I'd asked a very good friend of mine, past Grandmaster Darren Kellerman, uh, if he would be kind enough to do the honors for the ceremony. Uh, he has become a great friend of mine and a uh definitely without going to say a mentor of mine too, uh, both you know just personally and in masonic endeavors, uh, so I definitely appreciate everything he has uh, done and. Being willing enough to uh, jump up and be the installing master of this ceremony was a to me.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, 150 years ago this evening, there were a group of men in this area who were gathered together to form a lot in this area. It later became this lodge. Tonight, we will be the 150th installation of officers for Gardner Lodge. There's a lot of history rooted in this lodge, much of it in family. Our master elect is very close to his Masonic roots, and while I haven't been invited to install the off of this lodge, the Grand Master has asked me to ensure that the master elect's family heritage. So this right here
0: is through, a, threw us TV all reading. for a loop. Uh, we had no idea this was going to happen. Uh, you know, we asked Darren Kellerman to so be our installing master, and right as we're uh, starting off he uh, calls my father-in-law up out of the blue and uh, asks him to take over and actually install me as master, which was huge, uh, threw us all for a loop, but man, it, it just made it that much more impactful of an experience for me.
2: My brother, it is my understanding that you've already uh, gifted your daughter to the master elect. I'll score I don't know if there's much higher honor than that, but it would indeed be the honor of this past grandmaster and the Grandmaster of Kansas most wish will be Cole Presley if you'd install your son-in-law as a master of this lodge. And I will leave you as the master.
1: Thank you, Mr. Bush.
3: Most worshipful of Brother Marshall, have you carefully examined the master elect, send up, with Brother Paul. Well, skilled
2: skill the science and in the Royal Art. What's the master? I have carefully examined and so find. Then you will present him at the altar for his installation. Worshipful Master, I present my worthy brother, Alex Powers, to be installed Master of this lodge. I find him to be of good morals and of great skills, true and trusty. And as he is a great lover of the fraternity, I doubt not he will discharge his duties with fidelity and honor.
3: My son and my brother. Previous, that you will be installed as a master of my lodge. It is that you should signify your assent to those ancient charges and regulations which point out the duty of the master of this lodge. To each question, my brother and son, you will respond, I do. Do you agree? To be cautious and the courage on the favor of your brother and to be faithful to your Lord.
1: I do.
3: Do you promise to respect your brothers and to discount it in its imposters and any dissidents from the original plan of Freemasonry? I do. do to promote the general good of society, to cultivate the social virtue, and to propagate the knowledge of this beautiful and mystical art. I do. <laughs> do, you, do you promise to pay homage to the Grand Master at the time being, and to all the officers with duly stopped, and strictly to conform, and every edict from the most worshipful Grand Master and the most worshipful Grand Lodge, yeah, that is that it's not subversive to the principles and the ground work of a fraternity the Freemasonry. Do you admit that it is not in the power of any man or any body of men to make innovations to the body of a fraternity of Freemasonry? Do you promise a regular attendance on the committees and communications of the ground Lodge? Every time that you receive proper notice and to pay attention to all the duties of Freemasonry in every convention, in every convenient occasion you. Do you admit that a new no new lodge should be formed without permission of the Grand Lodge and that it want to be given to any irregular lodge or to any person clandestine initiated their being contrary right. to the ancient? Charges of Freemasons. No person can be regularly made a Mason or admitted as a member of our organization to any regular lodge without previous notice. And do. do inquire into his character. I do. Do you agree that no visitor should be received into your lodge without any due examination? And producing proper vouchers of their having been initiated into a regular lodge. These are the regulations of the free and accepted <laughs> masters. Once again, I ask you, my brother and my son, do you submit to these charges and promise to support this, all these regulations as brother masters Master have done in all ages before you and you. My brother, now that you are in conformity with the, uh, with the, with the charges and regulations of the order, you are now to be installed master of this watch and full, cool, full cool confidence that you will care, that you will use your skills and all your capacity to to govern our lodge. You now will be invested with the with design of your of, of your office. For the marshal, play the new master. Are you ready to put it for the Jews, right? <laughs> And now, worshipful master, I'm going to place into your hands the furniture and implements of this lodge. They will be on your charge. The holy writings, the great light of Freemasonry. We guide you to all and everything of your undertakings. He will direct your paths to the temple of happiness and point you out to you the world duty of a man. The square. The square teaches us to regulate our actions by rule online and to harmonize our conduct by the principles of morality and virtue. The compasses. Teach us to limit our desires in every station. That you rise into eminence by merit, you may live respect and die with grace. The rule. The rule directs that you will comfortably observe or do it, press forward on the path of virtue, to the right nor to the left. In, the, in all your action, the line, brother, the line teaches us the criteria of moral rectitude to avoid dissimulation in conversations and actions, and to direct our steps to the path which leads us to immortality. In the book of Constitution, you are to search at all times, even cause to read, into your lodge, that no man pretend of the excellent presence in the job, the charter. by, by the authority of which this lodge is held, you are carefully to preserve and in no case should ever be out of your immediate control. And you should duly transmit it into your successor in this office. The bylaws of our lodge. And virtually executed by all of us. You will be worshipful master, my brother and son conducted to the east. But you will take your seat in the Oriental chair. Master, behold your brother, brother, behold your master, let us salute him with the public grand honors, which are three times three, right or left, taken, you can, from me.
0: Like I said, just just a huge impactful moment there for me. Um, for those of you, I, some of you have heard the story. I know I've listed it on here before. Um, I've got a lot of family history in Freemasonry, but I never knew much about it except for there was Masons in my family. When I knew that, I didn't know what Masonry was. Um, now, I wasn't really at a point of delving in my father in law um, has been a Mason for a long time. And when me and my wife got together, uh, that subject came up a lot and I wasn't really, uh, um, acknowledging of it much in the beginning, but after a while it started to sink in and get to me. Um, it was solely because of my father-in-law here that I made the leap into the fraternity. So he has acted, uh, he was my mentor through my degrees. Uh, he's my father-in-law, my Masonic father. And, uh, to have Darren Kellerman kind of throw us for a loop there ended up being one of the most impactful and meaningful moments for me um, to kind of have him take that next step of the journey with me as well and install me as Master of the Lodge. Um, that, that was huge. So, Brother Kellerman, if you're listening to this, you threw us for a loop, man, but thanks so much. It, it was amazing. And of course here, after I was uh, installed as master and placed in the east of the lodge, uh, my daughters uh, jumped in to actually place my hat on my head to kind of seal the stamp there that I am master lodge. And that, that was huge for me. That was a very meaningful moment.
2: part about doing things live we can make changes that the uh, architect did not expect <laughs> a lot of mysteries in Freemasonry We just exposed one of them as you watch this ceremony tonight whether it be here in Gardner Kansas or wherever across the world wide web you're live or in replay this is one of the only public ceremonies that Freemasons do installation of officers public consecration dedications. Many of the things you're gonna see around this room have that alleged hidden hidden meaning. But it's so simple, if only you come right here and learn it with us. Well, for Master, I hereby charge you as follows. For this law, indispensable and insensible of the obligations which dissolve upon you, the honor, reputation, and usefulness of your lodge the material depend on, on the skill and its concerns. As master of this lodge, it will be your special duty to attend the administration of the ceremonies, observe the ancient landmarks order, and permit no innovation to the principles or rights of our order. Upon all suitable occasions, remind the brethren that Masonry is founded upon the great moral principles set forth God which we receive as a ruling guide of our faith principles as well as the world at large as with each other teach them to revere the three great lights comprehending the holy writings the perfect square and extended compasses the beautiful symbolism which is very familiar to me And the explanations of which include some of the most important duties within our mystic circle. Be ever mindful that great care should be taken in the admission of members, lest by the introduction of bad materials, the institution should become corrupted. It should be constantly borne in mind that the respectability and usefulness of the lodge does not consist in the number of members. It is better that no workman be admitted to the role that even one foot allowed to cross the threshold of the lodge. The uninitiated judge of masonry by the individual members. Therefore, you should be as careful of the reputation of this lodge as that of your own family. As you would admit none to the society of the latter whose character is bad, so should you carefully exclude it from the former. As it is the purpose of Freemasonry to create friendship, to make provision for the relief of poor and distressed brethren, to protect the widow and orphan, to inculcate reverence for the Grand Architect of the Universe, and to encourage the growth of the social virtues which dignify and adorn human nature and render mankind peaceful and happy, the doors of the lodge should be sternly closed against the idol, profligate. Temperate and licentious. If unfortunately unworthy members gain admission, it is your duty to proper disciplines restrain the refractory. Must be reduced to order. The first risings of vice must be suppressed. If affectionate admonitions fail, the unworthy should be removed as a block upon our work. It is also your duty, and will no doubt be your pleasure, to spread light and impart knowledge to the brethren of your lodge. I hear you have a thing for research. That's right here. <laughs> to preserve the purity of our order, maintain unimpaired its ancient rites and ceremonies, the members will be frequently reminded of the duties which we owe to the Almighty Creator of the universe, the giver of every good and perfect gift. We must be taught to be good men, true to be sober, industrious, charitable, upright in all their dealings, friendly in their social intercourse, peace, having consciences void of offense, and unspotted for the work. Thus taught, thus acting, they'll convince mankind of the value of the institution, achieving happiness in doing so. For the senior and junior Ward. As follows Brother Wardens, you too are well acquainted with the principles of Freemasonry. To warrant any distrust that you will be found wanting in the discharge of your respective duties. What you have seen praiseworthy in others, you should carefully imitate. What in them you may have appeared defective, you should in yourselves amend. You should be examples of good order and regularity due regard to the laws in your own conduct that you can expect obedience to them from others. You are assiduously to assist the master in the discharge of his trust, diffusing light and imparting knowledge to all whom he shall place under your care. In the absence of the master, you will succeed to higher duties. The requirements must therefore be such that the craft will never suffer for a want of proper instruction. From the spirit which you have hitherto invinced, I entertain no doubt that your future conduct will be such to merit the applause of your brethren and the testimony of good conscience. To the members of this lodge. Such is the nature of our Constitution, that some must of necessity rule and teach, so others must submit. Humility and both the officers govern of your lodge are sufficiently comprised of our, They will avoid exceeding the powers with which they are entrusted. You too are of a generous disposition and will not envy their preference. Or trust that you and we as all Freemasons will not envy preferable. We will have but one aim, and that is to please each other. We are to unite in the grand design of being happy and communicating happiness. Finally, my brothers, this association has been formed and perfected in so much unanimity and concord, which we great rejoice, so may it long continue. Every satisfaction and delight, as men and as masons, within your peaceful walls, may your children's children celebrate with joy and gratitude the annual reoccurrence of this auspicious solemnity. May the tenets of our profession be transmitted through your lodge, pure to generation. For the marshal, you make the proclamation.
3: of the most worshipful Grand Lodge of Ancient Free and Accepted Masons of Kansas, the officers of Gardner Masonic Lodge, number 65, we have so much
1: history. Grand architect of the universe, be with these these officers. Go about their business in the coming year, that they may do your will and the will of Masonry, and all of their family may be proud, and bro- their brothers may be proud of the work that they do. Be with our families as we begin this joyous holiday season, and be with us as we travel. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Now, this gavel that Brother Kellerman is holding right now um, is a prototype gavel that his father actually handcrafted. Uh, it was made as a prototype for the joint de- or rededication ceremony of the Kansas Grand or I'm sorry, the Kansas State Capitol building uh, we did two years ago. Um, you guys might remember there was a part of an episode devoted to that, um, but I mention this because here pretty soon, we're gonna have a big reveal on historical light that involves that gavel. So keep your eyes and ears out for that.
2: This gavel has a lot of history for me, but it's nothing but a prototype. And the master craftsman better does work. This is not your gal. Your family
1: has your
0: And then this was also a a huge part uh, for me. My wife actually had a uh, custom gavel engraved for me and uh, presented that to me in the East. I
1: want to start off by saying here has really been one of the biggest reasons that I've made it through masonry. And you know, I've stayed in Mason and been able to do what I do. And I really want to properly express. You know, it's hard to put into words how thankful I am for everything she does and puts up with. If you guys know that supportive on the level of just being there for me and understanding when it comes to lodge business and everything else. But she's been hands-on supportive. When it comes to cleaning the lodge, she's been up here with me, cleaning windows, mopping floors. Lobby out there in the hallway that's got fresh paint on it. A lot of those brush strokes also belong to her. So thank you so much for being there for me, supporting me. I love you. Honestly, this is an amazing honor for me to be up here, and more especially for me to be up here this particular year. As we said, this is the 150th officer installation for this lodge. Gardner Lodge was chartered in 1868. A little bit of history, delved into the history of this lodge, and I feel like I know so many of the men in our past here. So to be able to honor them this year is an extreme honor for me. Um, especially that face you'll see on the wall back there in the corner. That is William J. McClintock, a round frame right above you. Served as master of this lodge. This lodge meant the world to him and because of it, his face is always there. My daughters can tell you every time I come to this lodge, when I walk in here, give him a little salute, hello, and make sure to tell him goodbye on our way out. Because he keeps this lodge safe and keeps the memory going on forever. So we want to make sure that we Make it a good one and keep it up to what he would be approval of. You may have noticed a few interesting things in tonight's ceremony uh, shadow boxes down front, and also that I'm the only officer installed tonight wearing a old white apron. The meaning for that is, again, the history part. Got to that step though. He is the one that really turned on to Freemasonry. Uh, growing up, we'd go to the cemetery, I'd see the gravestones, I'd hear the stories of Freemasonry, didn't really know what it was. At the time, I didn't really care. As I got older, and I got with my wife, my father-in-law mentioned it a whole lot. <laughs> it didn't appeal to me. I didn't understand it, I wasn't there yet. The funny thing was, when he stopped mentioning it, something clicked. Started seeing it everywhere I went, started hearing about it all over the place. And I made that leap into Freemasonry because of that man. And I'm very thankful I did. My family can attest, over the last few years, I've been a Mason so many ways. And I fully agree my teachings of Freemasonry. Since I have these shadow boxes here. One on this side is my grandfather. Patrick Carwell. the one on their side is my great-great-grandfather, and some of his Masonic artifacts I'm wearing tonight was actually my great-grandfather's Masonic apron. I was given these as a gift on Christmas a few years ago. I didn't even know they existed. And being into the history side, it was a great deal to me. From the moment I pulled this apron out of the envelope, I told my family that I would be installed in this as a master. So it has been in a frame ever since I got it. I took it out of the frame today and got installed and it will go back proudly tonight. So thank you guys so much for being here tonight. Thank you for helping us continue the history of this grand lodge and really just being there for us in everything we do.
0: All right, well, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that. Now, if you didn't get a chance to see, the live stream uh is recorded and on the Facebook, um or no, I'm sorry, not the Facebook. It's on the YouTube channel. So if you go there, you can actually watch that that uh, installation ceremony in uh, its complete form. Um, for everyone that uh, tuned in and was able to make it there, thank you guys so much for uh, sharing that occasion with me and the lodge. Uh, it meant the world. Um, I definitely have to give another huge shout out uh, to brother Mark and Bill who uh, drove down once again from Nebraska. It's not the longest drive in the world, but it is quite a bit of a drive. Um, so for you guys to make that travel down and spend this, uh, this uh, very dear occasion to me, um, meant the world. So thank you guys so much for, uh, your continued, uh, brotherly love and friendship. It, it does mean a ton. Um, but that is all for today. Like I said, we don't have an interview set up today. I just wanted to share, uh, kind of some of the meaningful, uh, points of this installation ceremony to me and uh, how I try to bring some of my history into it. And uh, I thank you guys for joining and uh, continuing to support our mission here at Historical Light. And uh, definitely tune in next week. We're going to have Brother Walter Hunt from the Grand Lodge of Massachusetts back on uh, to talk about a wonderful website of his um, that's doing some great things and you might want to get involved with. So tune back in next episode for that. And until then we'll continue the episodes conversation over on our Facebook group. And that is the historical light Masonic research group on Facebook. So if you're not a member, go right there, click join, and we'll get you in on that great conversation going on on a daily basis. So we'll see you over there until next time when we continue our quest for historical light. Take care.